0: All opinions expressed by the host or guests are their own and are not endorsed by either radio station KRLV management or any of their advertisers. It's time for Heat Wave Sports. Sit back and relax as you take a tour around the world of sports each and every Saturday and Sunday night. And now, your hosts for Heat Wave Sports, Tim Unglesby and Tom Barton.
1: It's time for uh, Overreaction Sunday here on Wave Sports, Fox Sports Radio Las Vegas 98.9 FM 13:40 a.m. It's Tim Unglesby. We got Angel behind the board tonight for us and my co-host as always tombartonsports.com's own Tom Barton. Tommy, week 5 of the NFL, we're going to break it all down, but I want to start the show off tonight just talking about Tom Barton Sports another unbelievable day in NFL.
0: Yeah, I'm absolutely crushing it here. Two straight Sundays, Tim, 3-0 and last Sunday, 3-0 and this Sunday, uh, absolutely on fire. I really, really, really am just as red hot as you could possibly be uh, in the NFL this year. 12-5 and on the season now in the NFL. Um, the level three plays are undefeated in the NFL right now. So uh, if, for anybody out there, I got level one, two, three, and four. Uh, the level three plays. haven't played a level four yet. The level three plays are undefeated. I am absolutely on cloud nine. We went four and one in the, in the contest. Um, I won both of my fantasy leagues. And for my clients, I cleaned up. There's nothing better than watching people write on Twitter or, uh, or text message you and email you and go, Tom, oh, oh, man, how'd you do? Oh, we won again. Oh, we, we got that. Oh, yeah, we did. It was a clean sweep. And those that, that are doubting me, um, I could tell you, go check out Caprotech. I'm monitored there. You could go check out, you know, Bedstamp. I'm monitored there. I'm monitored all over the place. Um, but you can also just listen to the show where I'm four and one on free plays in five weeks, right? So, yeah, there's a million ways that I'm making you guys money. If you're hearing my voice, chances are I've made you money. That's TomBartonSports.com. I am on Cloud9 today.
1: The con- The show contest. Uh, I won today. You won. We swept the board last week. So that's five uh, wins with one game left. That's Chris Wynn. He has the Packers tomorrow night. Either way, look at it, Tommy. You you can make money for free. You can make money uh, by going to TomBardenSports.com. Right now, it's just you got to ride the train when it's hot.
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny because you hear people say all the time, seemingly every year, we, we crush it in the free picks. And people always ask me, you know, Oh, uh, you know, I, I want more of that. Go to TomBartonSports.com. Yeah, but I want the sales pitch, and I don't want this. And I worked with a handicapper back in 1992, and it didn't work. And I'm like, <laughs> we're in a <laughs> new world, man. You know, there's no sales calls. There's no upgrades. There, There's it, it too much competition out there for that. I give you my plays on here for free. I earn your trust. You go to the website. You would have had 3-0 play uh, besides the free play. And you would have been dancing and singing in my praises for the last two weeks, right? I mean, that's just the way it goes. That is TomBartonSports.com. I've been doing this now um, professionally for nearly 15 years. In 15 years, I've never had a losing season. It's TomBartonSports.com. Do it, guys, go check it out.
1: Well, let's jump on into it, Tommy. And what was perceived, or at least the previewed heading into tonight's Sunday night game was... A possible NFC Championship matchup here in January, late January. Instead, we get an early preview of really two ways you could look at this. The 49ers, Tommy, continue, and we sing their praises every week. And we're looking for whatever the Achilles heel could be. Is it Brock Purdy? Is uh, once they play better, talented teams, will, will they run into these problems? So far, five wins in five weeks. They're, they won tonight, forty-two to ten. Never in doubt. Uh, Purdy, four touchdowns, three to Kittle. The Cowboys dropped a three and two, including Dak Prescott now. has uh, not looked good in the last few weeks at all, and he had three picks, Tommy, on three consecutive drives.
0: Yeah, look, Dak Prescott has become, I, I mean, it's hard to say, but but he's become a one-dimensional guy, right? When Dak Prescott was at his best, we consistently said, one of the things that, that I liked about Dak was he wasn't a running quarterback, but he absolutely was able to get out of the pocket, right? I mean, you look at the early season, uh, his early career, and what he did early on, and you go, yeah, look, this guy gets out of the pocket, he's able to run around, he's able to create some things uh, that uh, defenses kind of have to look at. And that was the the beauty of Dak Prescott. Ever since his injury, Tim, he doesn't do that anymore. I mean, he just Mm -hmm. flat out doesn't do that anymore. You look at this, like think about it like this, guys, right? Uh, And I'll give you the stats here quick. 2016, he had 282 yards rushing, nearly a five average, okay? Six touchdowns. Same thing, 2017, 357, 6.3 average, six touchdowns. 305, four, six touchdowns. First three years, six touchdowns, six touchdowns, six touchdowns on the ground, Tim, right? Nearly 300 yards or more. Even in 2019, he only scored three times, 277 and 5.3. Then he got injured, okay? Okay. In that season that he got injured, in five games, he still had three touchdowns. So you got to think, okay, and, and he had 93 yards. He was going for 300 yards again, okay, on pace for about 300 yards rushing, on pace for over a five yards per carry average, and on pace for about six rushing touchdowns since 2020, that injury season. 2021, 146 rushing yards, three average, one touchdown. 2022, 182 rushing yards. Four average, one touchdown. This year, five games, he's carried the ball 12 times to 45 yards, zero touchdown. Tim, that's, that's something you have to look at, right? I mean, that is something that you have to start staring at and saying, he's running less, he's fumbling just as much, his interceptions have just skyrocketed. 4, 13, 8, 11, 4, and now the last three years, 10, 15. And again, he's on pace this year for more than 15. His interceptions have gone up. His fumbles have gone up. His rushing has gone down. The threat of his rushing has gone down. His rushing touchdowns, his average, and his yards have gone down. Dak Prescott's a different guy. Dak Prescott is a different quarterback right now.
1: What about the Niners, Tommy? 5-0, just mowing through teams
0: left and right. You know, last night I kind of... Tried to rip on the Niners a little bit. And it wasn't that I was ripping on them. And I did this at my sports garden show as well. It's not that I was ripping on them. But I, I think people got a little crazy with who the Niners were, were beating. And, oh, you know, the conversation of will they go 17 They They're very, very, very good. Team. Okay, let, let's make no mistake. Let me put that right out there. Tonight was as impressive as possible. But they needed tonight to convince me. Beating Kenny Pickett, 30-7, to didn't do it. Beating Stafford where two of his offensive linemen were out and Cooper Cup was out, that's not impressing me. Beating Daniel Jones, you know, beating Dobbs, these are not impressive wins to me. They were, they have yet to have an impressive win. Well, here comes Dallas. It was their most impressive win against the best offense and the best quarterback that they faced. Now you go out and you look at the rest of their schedule, and speaking of 17-0, uh, I think it's still very early, but... They'll they'll be favored against Cleveland, favored against Minnesota, home against Cincinnati, favored at Jacksonville. That'll be an interesting game. I'm not sure, uh, but they they that's a long trip. We'll we'll wait for that on the tenth, right? Tampa Bay favored at Seattle. They'll be favored at Philly. Interesting game. Then Seattle, Arizona, Baltimore at home, Washington, L.A. They will be favored in every game except for two tough road games: Jacksonville and Philly. And in Jacksonville and Philly. Uh, they may be favored, right? So we're looking at, we're, we're it's too early to say 17-0. I get it. But we're also looking at a schedule that has a lot of cupcakes. Look, Arizona's played well, but come on. The, the, the Rams, are, are we kidding? Washington's on the schedule. Tampa's on the schedule. I don't believe in Cleveland. Minnesota, for all they're, they're doing, they're a one-win team. Cincinnati's banged up, and they get them at home. You could say maybe Seattle going to Seattle stuff. They have about two or three games left this year, Tim, that I think they could lose. That's it. they got about three games that they could lose. 17-0 and might be a little premature, but saying best record in the NFC, saying they only lose one or two games, <laughs> that should be on the table in conversation tonight.
1: Week six, San Francisco at Cleveland. Browns coming off a bye, Tom, and the Niners, three-point favorite on the opening line.
0: I don't get the line. I, I don't get the line. Deshaun Watson quit on his team. This piece of trash, garbage, and he was a piece of garbage before this happened, um, he was well enough to go. The medical clearance came earlier in the week. Kevin Stavansky said, yeah, he was ready to go. He decided not to. The highest paid player in the league decided not to suit up. They are dealing with a backup running back. Ford's nice, but they're dealing with a backup running back. They're dealing with an inept offense, bad leadership, bad coaching, a bad quarterback situation. And somehow or another, why? Because they have a bye week? Niners are only three? Maybe this is the biggest trap of the century after what we just watched. If I, if you see a three out there, you should jump on it now, guys. Because that line will absolutely skyrocket.
1: Dallas also on the road. As they go down to Southern California, they'll take on the Chargers, who are also off a of bye. Cowboys, two-and-a-half point favorite, Tom Road.
0: Man, that's going to be a good game. Real good game. Chargers are off of a bye week, like you said. Um, mm. You would think Dallas bounces back. Here. You think that Dallas got humiliated, got beat. They, they, this is their bounce-back spot. This is the spot everyone's going to jump on, Dallas. Again, if you like Dallas, this line's probably going to go up and go in the favor of, of Dallas, right? The, the Chargers are a good team, but they have their problems. Well, here's my problem with Dallas. Daniel Jones... Zach Wilson, Dobbs, and Mac Jones. Those are the four quarterbacks they beat coming in, Tim. Mac Jones might lose his job. We know that Dobbs is going to lose his job once Murray's back. Zach Wilson, they were calling for his job two weeks ago, and Daniel Jones is now on the hot seat. They played four quarterbacks that in in five weeks from now, none of them might have their job. (laughs) So how good is Dallas? I think we've learned that Pollard is not a number one. Right? He's done nothing. I think we've learned Pollard is not... He's got 72 yards, 70 yards, 47 yards, 29, and then one pop game against Arizona that they lost, 122. Prescott's struggling. Pollard's struggling. They lost digs, which I think really hurts their offense if you're going to pass on them. And now, here comes Justin Herbert. To me, this is almost almost the other way around. I think everyone's expecting Dallas to bounce back. And the Chargers all of a sudden look a little dangerous in this pot because they could throw all day on Dallas. Yeah,
1: Dallas didn't even beat in didn't even beat Dobbs. Tommy Arizona beat Dallas. So
0: Right, right, <laughs> yeah. exactly. In a game we had Arizona, by the way. Correct. Correct.
1: Let's head on down to Denver, where the New York Jets outscored the Broncos twenty-three to eight in the second half on their way to a thirty-one twenty-one win. The Jets now two and three, Broncos one and four, winless. There at Invesco, Mile High, whatever you want to call it nowadays. They haven't won a home game yet, Tom. Tale of two halves, right? Uh, Defense came to play for the Jets. I mean, Zach Wilson wasn't anything spectacular. He really, in my mind, didn't have a good game. It was mostly on the legs of Hall. But they were able to shut down the limited Denver offense and already the cracks, right? We've seen the cracks starting to form there in Denver. It kind of exploded on TV today a little bit. So it's just a matter of time, Tom.
0: Well, you can say the Denver offense, Tim, and and that's all well and good, but I have made a very, very, very clear statement that this defense is one of the worst defenses I've ever seen. Um, It's not just (laughs) sitting back and giving up, you know, 103 points in, you know, 130-something points, I should say, in two weeks. They look completely inept. Uh, One of the reasons why I looked at the Jets today, and one of the reasons I hit my Brees Hall prop bet, they could just be run all over i mean absolutely run all over i keep saying it and it's it's fun to say it's cute to say or whatever you want to want to go out there and talk about it. oh it's fun it's cute no no russ is cooked i'm not saying that for clicks guys i'm not saying that to be cute and fun i'm telling you that russell wilson is done he's finished him and the fact that people are not seeing this is almost alarming to me i They expect Russell Wilson to just all of a sudden get better. He's relying on undrafted running backs to carry this team. He's not able to get the ball downfield to his wide receivers at all. And their defense, look, Patrick Sartan is good. Okay, he's really, really good. Outside of that, they're awful. I mean, absolutely awful. This is a Denver team where I started seeing prop plays. Will Sean Payton finish the season? I don't think Sean Payton's going anywhere. But I don't think that Russ is going to be lasting long. I think that Sean Payton's going to come in here. I, and I told you this before the year began. I think he was hired to find out if there's anything left in Russ. And if there's nothing left in Russ, we do everything we can. We back the truck up and we go out and we go get one of these young guys. The Penix or the, the Drake May, because they won't get Caleb Williams. The Penix, the Drake May, somebody like that. Uh, maybe, maybe it's Sanders. But they're going to go and switch up. You, you can't keep running Russell Wilson out there. But unfortunately, it's not only Russ. The defense is the major problem.
1: Can they not get Caleb Williams with the way they're playing?
0: I don't think so. I mean, maybe. <laughs> look, it's possible, right? Um, you're starting to look at who... Not Look, we're in week five. But this is overreaction, so we're allowed to overreact, right? But you start yeah. to look at who's maybe in play there, Tim. um I think New England's in play. They lost their two best defensive players, right? I I certainly think that a, a team like Vegas, I don't know. They're going to run into a couple of wins. I think Denver's running into a couple of wins. I think the Giants are running into wins. Could be the Bears. You know, I think Minnesota's better than this. Could be Carolina or Arizona. And, and you know, a lot of people thought Arizona was going to be awful. I know they're playing well, but their is kind of brutal. They're... It wouldn't shock me if Carolina or Arizona was sitting there, and if Carolina is sitting there, they're trading the pick, right? Yep. So maybe, maybe you back it up, and I, I it's possible they go go out there and get him. It's possible. I just I think you can't rely upon that, and you start scouting Drake May, Bo Nix, Penix, and the, those kind of guys.
1: Who was um. Yeah, because Carolina, obviously drafted their future quarterback last year, number one, and now, um, what was the other team?
0: Carolina, Carolina, Arizona,
1: Arizona, and Murray's I mean, supposed to be back. Murray, right, so.
0: Yeah, Murray's back. But remember, the only reason that Kyler Murray was chosen number one, Tim. Yeah, I know you know this, but for the listeners, the only reason he was chosen number one is because Cliff Kingsbury went all in. Cliff Kingsbury is literally the only man on this planet that would have drafted Kyler Murray number one in that spot. Mm -hmm. Okay, and he did it. Well, Kingsbury's gone, which means this organization, this general manager, this head coach, they have no ties to, to Kyler Murray. And maybe that's the solution, right? Maybe Arizona gets one, they take Caleb Williams, and they trade Kyler Murray to Denver. Maybe that's where you have a solution. Same thing can be can be said about the Bears. If the Bears have number one, if they get this bad and they go go number one, maybe Josh Fields is. I mean, Justin Fields is playing in Denver. Maybe that's the spot. Yeah, could be.
1: Cincinnati headed to that place we just talked about, Arizona. Three touchdown passes from Joe Burrow. He hit over three hundred yards. Jamar Chase, unbelievable game. Fifteen catches, one ninety-two. He had all three of the touchdown receptions. Through the air through from Joe Burrow. Thirty-four twenty. Tommy Bengals now two and three.
0: Bengals impressed me today. Um, I, I was I was nervous about taking Arizona in our that was the one loss we had in our in our spot, and I said, Look, uh, in the contest we went four and one. That was the one we had. We get we got the hook, we got the three and a half, and I said, Well, we got a home team getting three and a half, and we're gonna find out if Joe Burrow's hurt or not. If he's not hurt, we lose this game. If he's still hobbled, um, you know, we we have a chance to win. Well, (laughs) Chase, after the victory or after the loss last week, turned around and said, we're winning next week. And they asked him about his availability of being open. He said, I'm always effing open. 15 catches, 192, three touchdowns. Guess what, Tim? He's always effing open, (laughs) right? And and Burrow just said, okay, I don't have Higgins. I'm just going to launch it to him. Burrow looked a lot better than he has looked. Three seventeen, three touchdowns and an interception. Uh, Cardinals hung in there. Cardinals had an opportunity, right? I mean, they were down 17-14 at the half. Uh, This team was down 24-20. They missed an extra point. They were down by four points going into the fourth quarter. And things just kind of got away from them. But the Cardinals continued to play tough. Uh, I'm giving the Bengals a lot of credit. Joe Burrow said this was a must-win. I have learned to kind of listen to Joe Burrow, right? He came out yesterday and said, this is a must-win game. All right, Joe. And, and you could see that this team still has what it takes. I still don't think they make the playoffs. I told you that in the preseason. I, I still think that they have a flawed team. I still think that Joe Burrow is not one hundred percent. But against the Cardinals, they showed it tonight, right? I mean, they showed what an elite, elite, elite combination Burrow and Chase can be when they are on, and that's exactly what they were.
1: And the big question is the health. He didn't look like he bothered him too much today. Maybe he's he's uh, he's healthy finally. Tommy took him what? couple weeks in the preseason so almost two months since he got injured in practice so maybe that's the timetable and if he's healthy from what we saw today could be seeing a, a completely different Bengal offense here coming up and next week they'll be at home welcoming in the Seattle Seahawks who were also coming off a of bye Tom so Seattle at Cincinnati the Bengals minus three
0: did he look healthy
1: uh, played it off if he mean, did lo-
0: well, oh, I don't know about that, Tim. I I, I, don't, I I truly don't know. I don't know if he looked healthy. Because I watched the game and he looked a little hobbled. Um, there's something to be said about, and, and this is to take nothing away from what Burrow did today. Well, well, yes, it is. As a matter of fact, yes, it is. Okay? But it's not a personal attack on him. I like Joe Burrow a lot. But there's something to be said about being hobbled and saying, I'm just launching it to Jamar Chase. Hmm. And I'm hoping he's going to be there. And he's going to beat a Bad, I mean a very bad Cardinal secondary. There's a difference when you're going up against Witherspoon, right? And Tariq, and and what the Seattle defense can bring. I'd be really weary about betting the Bengals on or against the Bengals for the next couple of weeks. Just because of, of I still saw Burrow. He was still not himself. He still was not shifting around. And we talked about the air yards. Coming in the air yards were just not there for Burrow, and somebody sat him down, and it might have been Jamar Chase, and said, just throw it up there. I'll go get them. Right? I mean, I'm going to go get them. Even Burrow's interception was kind of a throw up and go get it kind of spot. So, I don't know if that's going to be effective against Seattle. They're not great, but Witherspoon is a lot better than anything Arizona is going to throw.
1: Is the overreaction up? Bengals are back. They're home. Minus three. We got it. And then they just go and lose. I mean, that's 100%.
0: That,
1: that's what we see all the
0: time, right? 100%. Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing that I was just saying about the Cowboys situation, right? Where, ah, okay, fluke, no big deal. They're going to bounce back. It's going to be great. Well, the oh, Bengals are back. Here we go. You know, Burrow's fine. Chase is going to uh, just feast and not saying, wait a minute, we have Pete Carroll with a bye week right? Pete Carroll with a game plan for a bye week for a potential injured quarterback. We still have a weak offensive line uh, in front of Joe Burrow. Yeah, uh, I'd be a little concerned. Again, I will not be betting on Seattle here. uh, Look, I have a lot of research to do, but I likely won't be betting on Seattle. But there's no way I'm taking the Bengals. Even with this nice performance, I don't believe Joe Burrow's 100%. And
1: if you're listening along... The overreaction parlay started with the, the L.A. Chargers plus the three. Now we're going to add Seattle Seahawks plus the three, Tom, on the overreaction parlay.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, let, let's build the overreaction parlay. I like it.
1: How about the Cards? Another loss, another game, like you said, that they played tough. It, obviously, it's a team that's really gone in on their coach. They, they don't give up. They just uh, – We've seen it happen literally every game except for the Dallas game that they won. It just gets away from them there in the second half. Next week, they'll be in L.A. to take on the Rams. Rams minus six.
0: I right, know we didn't get into the Rams, but they looked mighty dangerous. Um, if Jamar Chase went for 15-192, Cooper Cup would go for 25-250, and 250, right? I mean, the, the problem is it's matchups here now with the Cardinals. They're going to fight. They're going to claw. They're gonna worry you. They're gonna be in games late. But the one thing that they do just poorly is defend the pass and especially the deep pass. Here come the Rams. Two-two, Puka, Cooper Cup. I like the Cardinals. I made some money on the Cardinals this year. But eventually it's gonna catch up. Eventually people are gonna have tape on on, you know, the situation that they're doing. Uh Michael Wilson was kinda shut down today after having some explosive games. The Cardinals are a fun team because they do play hard, but they don't have enough to finish it off in the fourth quarter, like you said, and they struggle against the deep pass, and that's exactly what the Rams are coming in doing.
1: By all means, the number looks um, well. Let's talk, okay. Let's do this. Let's talk about the Rams game then, and then we'll we'll go back to it. Rams at home today, Philadelphia. It was 17-14 at the the half, and the Eagles were able to get a couple field goals there to squeak through this one and win it 23-14, Tom, but you said it. That's a completely different Rams team than we saw during the first four weeks. They're 2-3 and with the loss, but definitely an arrow going up with what to see here in the second half or the, the rest of the first half of the season. Talk about the Rams a little bit.
0: I liked everything I saw here. Um, we we have to preface this by saying that the Eagles defense has not looked good. Uh, They absolutely look great in the second half. The Rams, I mean, it's a very simplistic formula that I'm going to give you, but it's reality. If Stafford has time, the Rams are going to tear you apart. If you blitz Stafford, the Rams are going to tear you apart. Stafford is still a very good quarterback. (laughs) A top 10 quarterback. He still is. And he's got Puka who looked good today and he had Cup. He took the handcuffs right off a cup. He looked fantastic today over 100 yards. 2-2 Atwell still scored. But the Rams are the most one-dimensional team in the league. They will throw, they will throw, they will throw, and they will hurt you with that. But if you could get to Stafford without blitzing him, which you can because their offensive line is terrible, they're done. They cannot run the ball. Kyron Williams has um, the worst, uh, uh, let me put this in layman's terms, the worst yards that he's supposed to get, he doesn't get, right, in, in the league. So he's got decent numbers, but he's, uh, according to, like, next-gen stats and all these statistical numbers, he's supposed to be getting more yards. So the Rams can't run. The Rams can't protect the quarterback at all. If Stapper gets it off, he could pick you apart. That's a big if. Now, the Rams' defense, I can't figure out because they should be not in any of these games. I mean, Rams' defense, uh, they're just being abused at times, and then you look up and you go, oh, Eagles only scored 23. Right, I mean, that is the Rams' defense. I like the Rams, what they can do. They are on the verge of figuring it out, though. McVe- There's no way McVay can continue to go out there and let Stafford get just abused the way that he's getting abused. They're going to have to figure something out. And I think Cooper Cup might open that up in the slot coming across the middle. And the Eagles were a tough team to figure it out. And I think that McVay came out and had a good game plan. It was 17-14 at the half, Tim, right? I think McVay came out. But then the Eagles adjusted, and and just basically talent took over. I like the Rams. I like what they're doing. I just do believe that they're so one-dimensional. They're going to beat the teams that they're quote-unquote supposed to beat, but they're going to have a hard time against a team like the Eagles that are able to make those halftime adjustments and and just really run all over them um, in the second half.
1: Do you feel that's the right number then? Rams six at home is a little low?
0: That's a good number. It's a good number. You, you can't make the Rams. You can't make the two and three Rams who are zero and two at home. You can't make them a touchdown favorite over Arizona, who's hung in with with teams. Right? You can't. You just can't do it. Um, anything lower, though, all of a sudden you're going. Yeah, I'm loving the Rams. I like the Rams in this spot, but I don't love them. I think that they will break out one of these weeks. Maybe it. Maybe it's against the Cardinals. Maybe this is that that breakout game that we see. Wow, the Rams are. are you know, win thirty-one to ten or something like
1: that. Eagles five and zero now. Tom, you just said it again. Another win that. I'm not going to say they looked impressive, because they didn't. They get a job done though, and they'll head to your neck of the woods next week at the Jets. They're also a six-point favorite on the
0: road. Tim, this is the most unimpressive five and zero I've ever seen. But it's five and zero. Right? I mean, 25-20 over the Patriots in a game up in Foxborough where the Patriots probably should have won that game. They won 34-28 over the Vikings in a game where, let's be honest, the Vikings should have won that game. They beat the Bucks soundly. Washington 34-31 in a game where Washington should have won that game. And then the Rams today, like I said, uh, look, six total points were scored between the two teams in the second half. It was a three-point game. It is a very unimpressive 5-0, and but it's 5-0. and and the Eagles have immense talent. They're able to get to the quarterback without having to blitz, which is a huge benefit to them. They're one of the few teams in the league that can do it. But I look at Jalen Hurts and I just say, look, I don't want to say that he's a fraud because I knew that he was going to come back to the pack. But Tim, he certainly isn't doing MVP numbers this year. And I think that the league sort of caught up with him a little bit. I mean, he does have 300 yards passing in the last two games, right? but he's got six touchdowns in five games against a Minnesota defense, a Washington defense, a Rams defense, a Tampa defense. I'm not overly impressed here. He has also, with all the accolades that we talk about, let's just heap accolade upon accolade and the the tush push, or is it the Philly push, or is it the Philly special push, or whatever the, the stupid thing is. With all the accolades to the offensive line, Tim, he's taken 12 sacks in five games. Right, yeah. so I mean, we we can we can nitpick if we want to nitpick as well. Jalen Hurts is fine; he's playing good. They are five and zero. It's nice. I'm not impressed with this five and zero. I'm not necessarily impressed with Hurts a- and twelve sacks in five games. Just for a comparison's sake, Tim, you know, you go down the line, you go, okay, well, twelve sacks in five games, right? Um, we we go and we we take a, a look at. You know, a guy like Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford, we know, is playing behind an atrocious, atrocious offensive line. We we know how bad it is, right? Um, Matthew Stafford, so far, has taken 13 sacks in five games. It's about the same thing, except one of their offensive line is a complete sieve. The other one's being applauded as the greatest offensive line ever.
1: How do you feel about the six on the road?
0: I hate it. The Eagles are going to go down here soon. They can't play this style of football and continue to kind of excel. They're going to go down to a team that they're not supposed to go down to. The Rams were a dangerous team today. I didn't believe because of the matchup situation on the road, laying six, tough environment. It's supposed to be rainy, and and there's actually talk of flurries. Oh my god, I'm already getting depressed. There's always in the New York area next week that that helps out the Jets. I, I hate this. I I, if, I hate this if I'm the Eagles. I'm loving this. If I like points and I like the Jets, and this will probably be bet up to seven.
1: He's Tom Barton, Tim Unglesby, Angel with you here on a Super Sunday night. Overreaction Sunday time for our first time out. We come back. Of course, we'll dive back into week five of the NFL rivalry games. We call them the coin flip games. Baltimore-Pittsburgh, Indianapolis-Tennessee, and we'll uh, jump on over to Jolly Old England for the 6.30 a.m. Pacific game. We'll talk about the Jaguars' big win there against the Bills as well. All that and more. It's Heatwave Wave Sports, Fox Sports Radio. Now back to Heat Wave Sports with Tim Oglesby and Tom Barton. Super Sunday night, overreaction Sunday here on Heatwave Sports, Fox Sports Radio, Las Vegas. We're over there on that X at HW Sports at Tom Barton Sports and give you the programming update. So the NHL season kicks off this week, which means that for the next three weeks, Tommy, no Saturday Night Edition of Heat Sports, but please do follow us on the social media as we will. Tommy gives out great content daily but I know everybody's chomping at the bit, Tom, for the free plays now. Uh, we have a chance to go 6-0 and in the last two weeks if Chris wins. Packers could pull it out tomorrow. Either way, follow us there for our free picks the next three weeks. But we will be on every Sunday night, Tom, um, for the next three weeks until we go back to full weekends the week after. The, uh, so four weeks from now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And missing the Saturday stink, but the NHL season coming up, pretty cool. Um, right now, by the way, if you sign up at TomBartonSports.com, like I said, not only do you get everything for 30 days, I have all my futures plays with the NHL up there. And if you guys have followed me um, for the 15 years, I used to do NHL. I was doing okay with them. And then right during the pandemic, I said to Tim, I said, man, the NHL is just way too easy right now. I'm getting back into it. And I got back into it. I hit... 72% that year. Since then, I have not hit under 70%. It, it's a ridiculous number, and I'm not one of those handicappers like, oh, I'm hitting 90%. I, I really, last season, I, I, I didn't even play 50 games over the entire year, okay? But I picked my spots, and I'm hitting a massive percentage. Now I got three futures plays on the board. One of them is the best futures play that I can remember having. So now I've called the Tampa Bay Lightning Championships. Um, I have called Florida for the President's Trophy, um, I, obviously, the MVP is a pretty easy one, but I nailed McDavid last year on that. It, it was only plus 250. But this Futures play is a team total. I absolutely loved it.
1: Tom, you mean one of your Futures is not the Vegas Golden Knights to win the Stanley Cup?
0: It, it, like the commercial says, it's a dynasty, Tim. Yes, yes. One, one title. After, after, after one championship. <laughs> right. right. Okay. <laughs> Hey, of course, it is what it is. It is what sure. it is, yep. Sure.
1: It is what it is, and it is they bump us when they're on. So that, that's what it is, but that's, that's fine. We'll talk hockey all season long as well. I love it too. And um, somebody told me as well, I don't know if you can confirm this, Tom, but somebody told me that this NBA is starting up again as well, but I wouldn't know what that is.
0: <laughs> For those that don't know, Tim literally, <laughs> literally has just given up on watching it just it just something that you will not watch anymore.
1: you don't blame me no. though right
0: you haven 't missed anything no how <laughs> do we say that
1: the,
0: the funniest part about it was say you have not missed a thing
1: funniest part about it was well, the bubble ruined bubble was the final straw for me, basically, and we all agreed on that, but really, when I just completely stopped i didn 't even watch a second was the year the Celtics made the finals against the warriors, and that it was kind of like uh it was just sad, Tom, because, you know, I'm a Celtics guy just like you are. So it was sad that they were there, but it, it's just not the same sport anymore. So I, I just do better not even dealing with it. So
0: Yeah, you're going to annoy yourself. And, and it yeah. does. Listen, it happens to me. If you, if you sit back and you just kind of take it for what it is, you, you can get past it. Uh, and, I, and I would advise staying away from social media. I would advise uh, stay, not listening to the game. And there's nothing against the announcers. But the comparisons to the the greats of the game, it just in overall social media settings, it, 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 it's it's almost nauseating. Yeah, I mean it really is. This guy would have done no, he wouldn't have. No, 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 no. Good player, sure. No reason to oversell it, but that's what they're right. trying to do is oversell because nobody cares and nobody's watching anymore.
1: Right. Our good friend, uh, Tom, Mike Dixon from Vegas Sports Daily actually hit me up earlier today. He's like, hey, man, can you do me a favor? Can you go cover this game for me? And, and I assumed he was talking about Packers-Raiders tomorrow right over at Elysian Stadium Monday nighter. I go, the football game? And he's like, no, the basketball game. I go, what basketball game? He's like, the Nets and the Lakers are playing over at T-Mobile for preseason. I go, oh, I don't know what you're talking about, man. And he's like, what do you mean? I go, what is that? He thought I was jo- – you know, obviously we're all joking around, but I was like, I don't cover the NBA anymore. And he's like, what the hell? Like he he, did, <laughs> he didn't believe me either, man, but it is what it is.
0: You are a smart man. <laughs> uh, I cover it because you can make money on it. That's why I do it. You can make money on it. But it is – uh, it's grueling to watch, we'll say that.
1: I'm glad you said that because it segs into the perfect rant here. What was grueling to watch, Tom, was today's AFC North matchup rivalry game, Baltimore at Pittsburgh. If I could have reached into my phone, opened it up so you could see just the, the frustration and anger on my face this morning, Tom, you you would. I know you felt it through text messages would have no emotion, right? But you, you could tell I was not happy. With this game and the way it went down, Pittsburgh gets a 17-10 win. They're now 3-2. and Baltimore drops a 3-2. and But uh, these two teams, Tom, there's no comparison as far as talent right now. Other than T.J. Watt, Pittsburgh has no business being on the field with the Ravens, yet they come away with a win in a game that they virtually did nothing in.
0: Tim, it's, it's Pittsburgh-Baltimore, right? I mean, change the names, change the faces. I said this to you last night, and I was previewing this last night, um, After I was texting you, Lamar just struggles here, right? What has he got now six games against them coming into today, six interceptions. His percentage is bad. He just struggles against what Pittsburgh does. And what Pittsburgh does, like you said, is they hang in there and they make you question yourself. Why? Why is this team even alive? Why are they here? What's going on? How are we not crushing this team? And it starts to get infuriating because of that. Because why? the questions continue to arise that you're right. There is no way that this team should have been anywhere near. There's no, there's no way that this should have been a game. And not only was it a game, um, but it was a game that Pittsburgh wound up uh, just looking impressive in the last couple of minutes at. And you can say to yourself, how did a team look impressive that shouldn't have been in it? Tim, they should not have been anywhere near this game. The, Steelers could not do anything offensively. I texted you during the game and you said, when, when it was 10 uh, 3 going into the fourth quarter, you said Ravens going to lose this game. And I texted you back, <laughs> Pittsburgh can't do anything offensively. Right? And we had the look, we had the Steelers in the contest plus the four and a half. So I said to you, I said, I hope your Ravens win, but but I'm hoping for the cover. And I'm thinking in the back of my head, eh, maybe they, they kick a field goal and we win 10 6. You know what I mean? Like that. That would have been fine for everybody. We win by the hook and. Never did I imagine that Pittsburgh would score 14 points in the fourth quarter. Um, but T.J. Watt is just the best player defensively in the NFL, bar none. Don't give me this Micah Parsons stuff. Don't give me Nick Bosa. Don't do No, 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 no. Stop that. Stop. Stop all of that nonsense. T.J. Watt disrupts the game, and he's the best defensive player in the NFL, period. Just like his brother said a couple of weeks ago. And you look at this game, and that's the only reason they were in it. The Pittsburgh Steelers, over the last couple of years, Tim, tell me if you, re- if you think about this comparison. I was saving it to hit you on the air. They remind me of the Chicago Bears team that went to the Super Bowl, lost to the Colts when they had Rex Grossman at the quarterback position. Right, right. They asked their defense with Peanut Tillman and Erlacher and Briggs and all that, they asked them to knock the ball out, scoop and score, which they had a ton of that year, because they knew their offense couldn't do anything. They asked Devin Hester to return kicks because their offense couldn't do anything. They asked their kicker to just be accurate, because their offense couldn't do anything. And when the offense went on the field, as a Bears fan, when the offense went on the field, I, I, I never expected them to score. I just said, ah, oh, just, just, just don't screw up. Don't, don't give great field position, right? Just, just let my defense get back on the field, and Tillman or Hester will do something. That's the same position that the Steelers are in right now. Their offense comes on the field, and you're not looking for a score. You're going, just don't screw up. Waddle, knock it out, and, and, and we'll get a field goal. Like, that is really the mentality in Pittsburgh. But Somehow, Tim, they're 3-2. and two. Somehow, they beat your Ravens today in the most un- inexplicable thing that I could ever imagine.
1: What year was Manning Grossman? Do you
0: remember? Oh, man. Uh, oh, I, I, I don't, but I can look seven, it up right now. 08? Oh uh, yeah, I was still living in, in Long Beach. It was, uh, so the, the Super Bowl was the 2007, so it was the 2006 season.
1: Yeah, so we weren't even friends at that point. No. and um, So, I, I don't know, it's a total segue out of what we were talking about. But I just had to get, you brought it up. So, when that Super Bowl came, and it's Super Bowl day, and you're a Bears fan, and you're like, our defense is awesome, and did, did you think you had a chance to win? And then after Hester did what he did, did you really think you had a chance to win? Or were you like, nah, Peyton's going to get this one?
0: I thought we did. I'll tell you, so I, my, my funny story about that Super Bowl um, here is great for, for motherly advice, right? I used to live in Long Beach, New York. Long Beach, New York, my, my house, if I opened up the window, I could hear the beach. I was three, four houses from the beach, you know? Um, and then we do the polar bear plunge. And they do the polar bear plunge every year the morning of the Super Bowl. You get nice and liquored up, you know, and you jump in the water, right? I mean, that's, that's what it is. But hundreds of people do it. That year, it was like. Snow on the ground, uh, negative 10 degrees. It was the coldest, coldest, coldest. And my mother said to me, I hope you're not jumping in the water. And like, as a, you know, I think it was was, you know, I was just about 30 years old, would tell his mom, oh, stop. And she said, well, if something happens, you get sick, you're going to miss the Super Bowl. Tim, I listened to my mother that day. I had a Super Bowl party at my apartment and I didn't jump in the water. People went to the hospital. People got sick. I wasn't missing that Bears game because I thought I had a chance. And I had a conversation with somebody that said, what do you think? You're really going to miss a a, a win? Because they're not going to win. And I really believed I said, look, weird things have happened all year. Weird things have happened all year. I think I have a chance. I really did believe. Maybe it was the fan in me back then. You know? Yeah. Um, But I believed that Grossman was just not going to screw it up. We were going to be able to knock the ball out a couple of times. The defense was that dynamic. And here we go. I really believed that.
1: And they, they were in it for for
0: a minute. They definitely were.
1: It got away from them, but, you know, it is what it is,
0: right? I also didn't believe in Peyton Manning quite at that point. Mm-hmm. I, If you remember, and a lot of people will forget this about Peyton Manning. There was a large portion of his career where he was the guy that couldn't win one. Right? Yep. There was a large section of his career for a long time. Peyton was the choke artist. Peyton couldn't win one. Peyton will never get one. Uh, you know, Peyton was the, the Aaron Rodgers, except Rodgers at least had one. That was a long time in Manny's career, and I thought that some of that would come out as well.
1: Ravens missed an opportunity to go 3-0 and in division on the road, so they played Cleveland, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh all on the road here in the first five weeks, had a chance to go 3-0. and They'll play them all again, though, in the second half at Baltimore, and this is what, and I'll we'll clean it up here and end it, but this is what kills me about this game. I stopped counting drop passes at seven. Uh, we had a, a bad interception by Lamar Jackson. We had a bad fumble by Lamar Jackson on the final drive. We had a situation on a fourth and two at the end of the first half, which I blamed on Harbaugh, and I guess it came out later on in the, in the post-game press conference that the center, Tyler Lindenbaum, thought, a Pittsburgh uh, defender was in the neutral zone, so he hiked the ball to get a free play, and the referees didn't call it, which caused them to to miss the fourth down. They don't kick the field goal. It, would it have changed the game? Who knows, Tom, right? They lost by seven. That was only three. But th- things happened in this game, and um, just mistake central is what it is. And I think they, they were all – what do you, what do you say at that point? They all have to take accountability for it and, and – the loss is a loss, so it is what it is. I hate that term because when I say it, it's supposed to be a finality of something, but what it really is is that we lost to a team we shouldn't have lost to, and it burns even more, Tom, that it's the Steelers.
0: Yeah, it, it, it shouldn't have, but doesn't – and, oh man, am I poking the bear here. Isn't this <laughs> typical Ravens? Don't they have, like, not one. You know, you could say that about, like, the Bills have on one game a year. No, no, don't the Ravens have two or three games a year where you go – how did you lose that game? I mean, yeah. how did you lose that game? And seemingly, it's every year with the Ravens. And seemingly, every single year, we sit back and we turn around and we say the same thing. How did they possibly lose?
1: Oh, It just happened against the Colts. So they've already had two of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's go over to England, Tom, where the home team was the Buffalo Bills today. But really, the home team is Jacksonville. They, spent, they played last week in England, stayed there. We loved that angle. We really did. We thought it was uh, a huge advantage for Jacksonville to be settled over there. Buffalo had to travel. And we all like the Jags. They won this one straight out, Tom. 25-20, a big win for Jacksonville. Both teams now 3-2 and two on the season.
0: Yeah, absolutely huge win. I talked to Rob Bish about this in the summer. And I, when, the, when the schedules came out, I said, man, Rob, I'm jumping all over them. That, that's, that, that's the game I love. And I didn't go in as heavy as I should have. I really didn't. I I, I started kind of questioning it and getting second-doubting second, second doubting myself and saying, hey, you know what? Buffalo's playing really well. But I still was in on it because I, I jumped in on it literally in the summer. It's a spot here, Tim, where you look at it and you go, um, I don't want to say that Buffalo, you know, was outplayed and all of that. Look, Buffalo just didn't look great they look, you know, and, and uh, the announcers said this, they looked like they were, had a little layover, right? A little little jet lag going on. That's what they look like. They looked a little jet lag. They looked a little lethargic. They looked like they just beat their division rivals uh, and beat them up to a pulp, right? I mean, that's what they look like. All the things that were there. And Jacksonville looked like the team that stayed in London for two weeks. Jacksonville looked like the team that scouted really well. Jacksonville looked like the team that wasn't afraid of Buffalo. I will not make overly too big of an estimation and say, all right, Jacksonville, turn the corner. This is the team I thought they were going to be, right? I'd like to say that. I'd like to pat myself on the back, but I'm not going to say that. And I'm not going to say that the Bills, oh, man, you got to start worrying about this. No. It's a game in London. It was a weird spot. The Jaguars came out firing. Bills fired back. I saw a lot of good things from Buffalo late in that game. I saw a lot of things overall by the Jacksonville Jaguars in that entire game. Jacksonville, to me, dominated the game, but they couldn't stop Josh Allen. uh, And Buffalo could not stop Travis Etienne. The one thing I'd start to question about Buffalo, if you have to take something away here, is the reason I thought Buffalo was going to win the Super Bowl this year is because I said, man, that defense is finally healthy. Well, Tredavious White went down last, uh, last week, and he's gone for the year. And they knew that, and they targeted Calvin Ridley all day long. Seven catches, 122. That's who was supposed to be one-on-one with Tredavious White. So the Bills are back to being not a complete defense, and it's back to being all Josh Allen all the time, or else you don't win. Now, Josh Allen had a bad end of the season last year. People forget, he had surgery that keep baseball players out for the year, right? And he had he had an injury that would keep baseball players out for the year. He, he gutted through it. This is the Josh Allen the last two weeks that we're expecting to see. He is the MVP of the league when he's playing like this. He's the best player on the field when he's playing like this. But unless he gets a defensive effort and a fully healthy defense, it's a problem. They are going to have to find a solution for Tredavious White going down.
1: Bills jump on a plane, Tom, and go right back to Buffalo. The Giants come to town next Sunday. uh, 14 and a half, 14 and a half the number Buffalo at home.
0: I love Buffalo. I love Buffalo on Monday night. I love Buffalo to dominate the Giants. I love Buffalo to humiliate them. Uh, sure, I love it. I'm not laying 14 and a half against their old coach. Right? People forget Brian Dable's there. He made Josh Allen who Josh Allen is. And he's going to be able to find a couple of flaws. Saquon Barkley would probably be, be back for that game as well. I think Buffalo wins. I think they win handedly. But I am not laying 14 and a half in that spot.
1: Yeah, that's... uh. Huge number. That's a Sunday nighter, by the way, you're right. The Monday nighter will be Dallas and the Chargers. Jags, 3-2, and two, big win. They're coming back home, and they'll take on division game to get the Colts next week, Tom, four-and-a-half point favorites, Jacksonville.
0: Yeah, I don't love it. It's a division game after London. Um, it looks like Richardson won't be playing in that game. It's probably going to be a Gardner Minshew, but you expect uh, Jonathan Taylor to be able to, amp it up a little bit right mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor to kind of become the guy more and more and Zach Moss has done a great job so it just adds that extra element is dangerous Minshew coming back to where he played as well there's a lot of elements I just don't like I don't like teams after London they might win okay and maybe get out of there with a 21-20 type of win I'm not laying points after London after two weeks by the way of being in London
1: yeah, we talked about the Colts and the uh, just a team that's the identity is mixed up. It's who's the quarterback? And Moss was the guy. Now Taylor's back after signing the deal. Moss had a hell of a game today. It's hard to take him out of that lineup, but you don't sign Taylor for that kind of money not to use him. And you still got Pittman there. The defense they're they're playing well. So this is a like you said, this is a matchup. That's, it's we call it the coin flip game, right, Tom? Because really, it could come down to the final possession.
0: Yeah, very much. I I don't know how much um, you're going to sit back and kind of just jump Jonathan Taylor back into the rotation. And I think a lot of people are kind of counting on that. But Zach Moss is doing just fine. So I still think they're going to be able to run the ball. And, and that, look, they shut down James Cook today, right? But I, I just don't see them doing it two weeks in
1: Tom, I drafted this team for uh, this girl I know. In a, in a, so it's an all-girls fantasy football league, but she had me draft her team for her. And I drafted Jonathan Taylor like the sixth round. And she's like, why did you do that? He's not even playing. I go, because sometimes you just have to take a chance like like you do, Tom, in these leagues. And they're, they're all making fun of her. Like he's not even playing. Well, they're not going to be making fun of him very much longer because healthy and starting, he becomes a difference maker in these type of leagues
0: you wanna you wanna tell them about what I did in our league here, Tip? <laughs> Talk about gambling. Drafted Taylor, Kelsey, and Cup.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All hurt at the time.
0: Yeah, and I said, Well, I'm either finishing last place or you guys are in trouble come week five. <laughs> right.
1: And here we are. Here we are.
0: All right, hour one in the
1: books here on a super Sunday night. It's overreaction Sunday. Fox Sports Radio, Las Vegas. Heat Wave Sports, Hour 2. More NFL Week Number 5, Major League Baseball playoffs as well. Tim Tom Angel with you here until the midnight hour. Stay tuned. We're back after this.
0: Are you ready?
1: Now back to Heat Sports. Tim Unglesby, Tom Barton with you for hour number two of E Wave Sports on a Super Sunday night. Again, quick programming reminder off the next three Saturdays. We'll be on every Sunday night, though, to recap the NFL, Major League Baseball playoffs, some NHL as well. But you can follow us over on the X at HW Sports at Tom Barton Sports. And Tom, so week two of the London games. I, uh, I saw you text me bright and early and 6.30 my time, 9.30 your time. And there's one more, there's one more. So next week we get another one. So how, how is this adjustment for you? I know you're already up, but it's not the same type of mindset when you have to worry about a game that's being played
0: three and a half hours normal before a normal one would start. Yeah, it's rough, Tim, because yeah, I get off the air here at uh... – you know, about three a.m. my time. By the time I settle down and kind of get to sleep, it's right about, you know, right about four a.m. Um, I gotta wake up, you know, to give clients things and whatnot. Usually about three and a half or four hours, which I can I can sleep. I, I don't sleep more than three and a half four hours anyway. But I'm up from you know uh, uh, about that time for another twenty one or twenty two straight hours. <laughs> so it's not the Sundays that get me usually, Tim. It's the Mondays that get.
1: <laughs> it's the Sunday night show. It does, yeah. You in.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> and I wasn't feeling great, uh, you know, today, so that just throws another wrinkle into there.
1: Right, because the five, the so the five o'clock game, eight thirty. I mean, I guess you could try to sneak a nap in, but it, like, like with me, I'm sure it's the same with you. Naps don't really work for us. It's. Either you sleep or you don't. There's no shutting your eyes and trying to get up an hour later. It doesn't work that way. So,
0: no. I, listen, I love myself a nap, but yeah, it's not enough and not not enough time. And you know, sometimes Abby will say, "Well, you know, this is a terrible game. Just go to sleep." And I say, "Yeah, but I have to go talk about it. <laughs> you know, what I mean? like <laughs> I have to kind of know what's going on. And for my own research, I have to watch that game anyway because I watch all the games." Um, myself, that's how I scout. That's how I do my sports handicapping for TomBartonSports.com. I, I don't have all these systems and stuff. I watch the game, so I look at it like a coach. So I have to watch the game anyway. Might as well watch it live rather than know the score and then have to go back and watch it. Yeah.
1: One more London game Baltimore at Tennessee in London. Tom, next week, the Ravens, three point, three, three and a half point favorite. No, I hate this game. I really do.
0: Do you see now? I'm looking at that, and I'm going, I kind of like the Ravens a lot. They usually don't have two bad games in a row. We know that, right? I mean, we talked to that the, the other day. Um, yep. The Ravens just flat out don't lose two games in a row, guys. It's not something that that they do under Harbaugh or have done consistently. I know it's on the road. The Titans have what we talked about last night. You can't really run on this team, but run fun, uh, pass funnel defense. They dare you to throw the ball. That's exactly exactly what this team wants to do now. They want to throw the ball. So I do believe that it 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 can be tricky. It's a way, I get all that. But Tim, I just know that the Ravens do not usually lose two games in a row.
1: That is true and if you we we actually earlier this year when they lost, we were like, "Hey, the time to bet on them is the next game and they beat Cleveland 28 to 3." I just don't like it for various reasons, being you said it, it's on the road, number one. Number two, Tennessee always plays Baltimore tough. Another game that we talked about, Pittsburgh-Baltimore, always close. These games are always close. And they they don't generally lose two, three in a row either, and they, they come up lame today against the Colts. The total sits at 40, Tom. I don't like that because that's telling me more than likely it's going to be a close game.
0: Yeah, I don't like laying the points. You're right. I mean... And you know I don't buy points, uh, and I don't like to buy points. But mm-hmm. that might be a spot, right, to, to money line it. What are you going to be on the money line there? It's not going to be too much. It's not going to be yeah. too crazy. It might be like minus 160 or so. That might be the spot because it, I, I, I think the Ravens win. I, I think they have the ability to win big. But I think the Ravens win. I do worry about laying points in a very slow-scoring game. I, it's, it's, a, it's a good angle. It makes sense.
1: If you told me, and you, we looked inside Biff Sports Almanac, like the commercial says, Tom, and we, we looked up this game, and it said London game, Baltimore-Tennessee, Baltimore wins 23-20 on a Justin Tucker 52-yard field goal at the, at the horn, it makes sense to me, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, but can't you also see, you know, 24-10? I could, yeah. And You know, Tennessee can't do anything. Tannehill turns the ball over three times.
1: Baltimore bounces back. Uh, Yeah, I can see that too. What we did see today in Minnesota was the Kansas City Chiefs uh, pick up win number four. Four and one, three and oh on the road. 27-20 over the Vikings who dropped to one and four. Uh, Is Kansas City, here's the thing, is Kansas City, Tom, in that discussion with Philadelphia that they're doing what they have to do to win. They're I wasn't, wasn't impressed with Kansas City today. I wasn't impressed with them last week either, but they're, they're winning football games.
0: Tim, uh, two of my three plays today were Kansas City and the under. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I said this last night. We have to look at Kansas City like a different team. We're still looking at the Kansas City Chiefs as the team that has Tyree Kill, even though he hasn't been there. We're still looking at them as the downfield team, go crazy. No, this is now a team that is relying on their defense. No one has scored more than 21 points on this team. Nobody. Their defense gets after it. Their defense is really good, Tim. Suddenly, it's one of those teams that you go, defense and, wait a minute, running game? Yes. Defense and running game are both really good this year. Pachenko looks really good. It's a different KC team. So we have to look at this team differently. I think this was a perfectly uh, fine game. I, I thought that at no point in this game did I think that the Kansas City Chiefs were going to lose. I really didn't. Um, do I think that Kansas City is in the same elite class? Maybe. Uh, maybe. They might be. But they're just doing it differently. I, I won't be laying huge money, or I mean huge numbers with KC. Three-point win, seven-point win, eight-point win. But I'm very much under the understanding that that's how they're going to win games. But who's going to knock them off here, Tim? Right? You got the Broncos next week. I think the Broncos have lost like 20 games in a row to the Chiefs, and I'm not joking. Right? I'd have to look it up, but it, it's it, maybe while I talk, you can look it up. It's literally like something like 20 times. Right? So you got the Broncos two of the next three weeks, and they get the Chargers in the middle of that at home. They're not losing any of those games. Then they get the Dolphins. That could be cool. Okay, that could be a fun game. It's in London, right? That maybe that's the spot. Right? They get the Eagles, but the Eagles at home, and it's a primetime game. Don't think Mahomes is losing in primetime. Raiders, Packers, they're, they're beating both of those teams. They still have the Bills on the schedule, but it's at home. Patriots, Raiders at home, Bengals at home, and then the Chargers. Bills are a tough spot. Eagles are a tough spot, but they're both at home. And then you get the Dolphins. That Dolphin game might be kind of that game. But they're going to play closer games. I look at the Chiefs and I go, if we adjust our scope of who the Chiefs are, we're going to kind of appreciate them a little bit better. Forget about the Tyreek Hill years. Those are well behind us. They don't have a downfield threat. They don't have this huge passing game. It is throwing to the tight end, crossing patterns, lots of running, and really good defense. And they could win like that.
1: Ten and a half point favorites home against Denver. You like? Is that an easy one for you? Do you bet? You just double digits, Tommy. I know you hate them, but you just said it. Denver's Denver.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I, I mean, there's just no way <laughs> anybody out there is betting um, uh, the, the Broncos. Not in this spot. This defense. Now, now that I just said, by the way, um, now that I just said the Kennedy Chiefs, <laughs> right, are are a defensive team, they're probably going to go out there and score 40 against this pathetic defense. And just so you know, I'm looking it up here. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Hold on. 12, 13. Wait, 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 wait. I just want to get this right. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. 15 times in a row, Tim. Kansas City's taking down Denver. But here's the here's the caveat, though. I'm going to tell you, all you can see backers right away. I know it's a different team, different situations. They won by three last time, six the time before that, four the time before that, okay? Um, 13 before that in a low-scoring game, six before that, right? So the last five games, five, four of the last five games have been decided by one score. They, they generally keep it close. Even the 13-point game was 22-9. to nine. It wasn't like a blowout. They, they haven't had many blowouts recently since you know before 2020. I think Kansas City wins. I don't love laying the 10.5, though, even with this team the way that they are.
1: And what about the Vikings? Far cry from last year, 1-4, and four. although all four losses, Tom, have been by a score. So uh, close losses. I attribute that a lot to coaching the new head coach here, McConnell, and I think he's made some terrible mistakes in games, including today. The perfect example, ran out of timeouts. Uh, early, well, midway through the fourth. Should, he shouldn't have should always have to have one there waiting for you, and that stalled out their drive there at the end of the game. One and four now. They get your Bears next week. Tom We pick up their first win on Thursday night. But the Vikings are a three-point favorite at Soldier.
0: I have to question why it's only three. I know that the Bears have looked better, right? I mean, they they have certainly looked better, but Do they look good, (laughs) right? I mean, do they look good? The the Vikings are the better team. The Vikings should walk away with the victory here. It's on the road, and it's a division game. That's the only really caveat here. But if you think the Vikings are going to make anything of their season, and I mean literally anything of their year, the Vikings go into Chicago, and they absolutely blow them out. They have better coaching. They have a better quarterback. I like Justin Fields, but they have a better coaching, better quarterback, just about everything is better on this team. Um they they have to win this game. It's not a, it's not a want. They must win this game. It's an absolute must to save their season. I, I I I'd be shocked. Shocked if the Bears win this game.
1: It's a it's a must win which puts them in a team that's very dangerous at that point.
0: Yeah, it is and the Bears are I don't want to say riding high, but they feel, okay, you know what? We got to win. We're looking good the last two weeks. It's a perfect spot to kind of be put back into your place of, yeah, you know what? Look, you beat Washington. <laughs> you know, don't get too full of yourself.
1: You brought up Mac Jones earlier in the show, benched again today, although Belichick says he's still the guy, and we'll see how that changes during the week. Saints go to Foxborough and put a beat down on the Patriots, 34 nothing.
0: You almost had to see this one coming. And uh, our buddy Vismack had the Saints as his number one play. And you almost had to see this one coming. Christian Gonzalez, who, in my opinion, was the defensive rookie of the year after the first four weeks. And I put him in the top ten cornerbacks. The way that he was playing was fantastic. Out for the year. Matthew Judon has been the best defensive player on the Patriots for the last couple of years. Out for the year. I don't care who you are. You lose your two best defensive players when you have an inept completely inept offense, you're not winning games. And everybody kind of just believes that Belichick is going to turn this around because he's Belichick. But Belichick doesn't have players, guys. He, he just doesn't have his players anymore. They're, they're just not there. So stop looking at this like it, was, like it is Belichick in the past. And there's also a piece of me, Tim. Yeah, I'm saying it. There is a piece of me here that quietly believes that maybe it's not the worst thing for Belichick to lose and maybe go get a Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not the worst thing for Belichick to lose and go get a Drake May. Or a Penix. Or a Bonix. Maybe.
1: How long does Belichick do this though now, Tom? We've been we've been dreaming up scenarios of him walking off the field with Brady in one last title. I mean that was years ago. It's now it's what you know do you think that there's a tarnishing of the legacy by him being the way he's been the last few years? Or do you think that he just doesn't – has nothing else to do and he might as well just stay doing what he loves and that's coaching football?
0: There's 100% tarnishing of the legacy, and he knows that, and he needs to stop that. Hmm. Um, Abby turned to me – never a Belichick fan, but Abby turned to me. The announcer said, so this is the uh, two biggest losses in Bill Belichick's career back-to-back weeks. And she turned around to me and said, so – yeah. Belichick gone? Does he walk away? And I said, no, no, no he's not leaving like this. I, I think that with all that we are looking at, Bill Belichick deep down, if you took him in private, Bill Belichick deep down is going to tell you, I never had a quarterback. He never believed in Mac Jones. We knew that, right? He never believed in anybody that he's had there. Come on. He, he is in a position where, yeah, he's trying to do things old school and people are blaming him old school. Look at what he's drafted. Defense, 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 and defense. Because he's saying to himself, that's what I need to do. He's built this defense fine. But he knows that he needs, uh, he needs players. They don't have a position player. They don't have a wide receiver on this team. They can't draft a wide receiver. But they don't have a wide receiver on this team. They don't have any options in the passing game. But that's by design because they don't have a quarterback can, that can do it anyway. So I think Bill wants to take one last step. And maybe this is it. I, I think it hurts Bill's pride, right, to go down and to what win two or three games this year. But in the long run, I think it's better. And I do think that Bill Belichick is not going to sulk away and leave with a losing record. I think he leaves, maybe not after a championship. I don't think that's happening. But I think he leaves, Tim, after you go. You know what? Hey, I made the playoffs. I put the the the. This is his his concession speech. We'll say. I made the playoffs, I think I put the organization in a good spot, we drafted a good quarterback, and they're going to be fine, whoever he hands it to the next guy. He doesn't want to leave the next guy, whoever that's going to be, in shambles and a mess. Look at Bill Parcells and all he did for all the organizations that he was with, the Jets and everybody else, right, and the Giants. When he left, he left the organization in shambles, and you talk to real Jet fans, real Giant fans, And they go, well, yeah, he got us, you know, to the promised land or he got us close in the Jets case. He did well, but man, he destroyed the franchise for 10 years. You don't want that from Belichick. I think he cares too much about the organization. He seems like he doesn't care, but he does. I think he cares too much about the organization to leave it a mess. And and that's part of this. I don't think he wants to leave it a mess. He wants to turn around and he wants to say, okay, guys, I left you in a good spot. I gave you Drake May, right? Um, We got T. Higgins. Uh, you, you know, so you have T. Higgins and, and Drake May. Or you have T. Higgins and uh, and a Bo Nix. Here's what I'm leaving you with. I think that's the situation he wants to be in.
1: Well, Belichick and the Patriots will head west. Here to Las Vegas next Sunday, Tom. Allegiant Stadium, so you'll have Patriots East versus Patriots West. Father versus son. Belichick versus McDaniels. Here we go. And I know the Raiders play tomorrow night. They are a a two-and-a-half-point favorite against the Pats.
0: (laughs) Well, I wanted to say, you know what, I don't think the Patriots win another game this year when they lost Gonzalez and Judon, and then I said, oh, it's McDaniel. (laughs) (laughs) Right? He's going to beat his old coach. He's going to beat Garoppolo. I mean, you know, he's going to go beat them. And I am kind of half having fun and kind of not half having fun here. I don't know if Belichick has the horses to win another game this year with, with Judon and Gonzalez going down. But if there's a team that he's going to beat, it's going to be his former coach.
1: Former coach, former quarterback, Right? everything sets up. Uh, former GM or a guy that became the GM in Las Vegas. It's a lot of I interesting storylines.
0: I don't think Belichick cares one way or the other about, about Jimmy Garoppolo. I think if you asked Bill, Bill Belichick, he would have been like oh, the guy with the nice hair. Like he doesn't care at all. But I do think he wants to beat his assistants.
1: Yeah. Lost by. Here we go. Dolphins, Dolphins. Giants, Miami four and one now with a thirty one sixteen win at home today. Tom. Two or three hundred and eight yards uh, Running They're just running the ball, they're throwing the ball They're putting up a lot of offensive numbers I think through five games I saw A a uh, Graphic that said they, they were on pace At this point to be More explosive than the greatest show on turf With the Kurt Warner team
0: Yeah, they, they have now put up uh, The best offensive numbers Basically ever Right, right? I mean that's just it And it feels like it. It feels like when when you have Mostert and Achan and and Tua and Waddle and Hill. And here's the scary thing, Tim. Their new explosive running back, they didn't even really have for the first couple of games. Jalen Waddle still hasn't been 100% healthy. They have not had these healthy components the entire year. Yet they're still putting up these numbers. There's a reason why I continue to say that Miami is the best team in the league when they're healthy. They are the best team in the league when they're healthy. But there are some problems with Miami also. First of all, obviously the health. But I still don't like what I see in their defense. I'm I'm nitpicking, sure. But I still don't like what I see in their defense, Tim. They can outscore anybody, sure. They can't stop anybody. The, the, The Giants today, I know they only put up 16. There were worry moments in this game. There were times in this game that you were worried with the Giants' an inept offense that scored seven points, you were concerned about this game. You were concerned that the Giants could score if they could do anything. Um, that's a, that is a worry. I don't like uh, what the what the Dolphins bring off, uh, defensively. Wilkins is really good up front, okay? And they do have um, uh, Holland in the back end, and I know Ramsey's coming back. You could pick apart the middle of this team. You could pick apart on slanting patterns, on... on You know, little dump-outs to running backs. You can pick this team apart. The Giants couldn't, but we watched the Bills do it, right? We watched the Bills give us the game plan. They weren't the first team to do it. New England had a lot of success against this Miami Dolphins defense as well. I think Miami's the best team in the league when they are healthy. They are the most fun for sure. They are explosive. But come playoff time, I'm a little bit worried about Miami and their defense and what their defense just – has been exposed to being, at, you're a little weak in some areas.
1: Dolphins will stay at home. Welcome in the Panthers, who also uh, just obviously a team in rebuild. So Miami putting up offensive numbers. They are a two-touchdown favorite at home.
0: Again, they're going to win, right? I mean, and they're probably going to absolutely spank this team. Bryce Young can't really do much. Uh, But Carolina's got a decent defense and they play tough and they are a team that they can uh, maybe, I don't want to say hold down Miami, but maybe they're they're not going to get destroyed by Miami's offense. That gives you a prayer if you're laying this many points. But look, Miami's not losing the game. If you're in a survivor pool, I'm still alive in my survivor pool. If you're in a survivor pool, Dolphins are a great pick, an absolute great pick. For those that picked the Lions today, which I did when I looked ahead the schedule, Dolphins are a great pick. But uh, again, double digits, huge number. You you want you want you know a money line parlay? Casey, Miami, and uh, Buffalo. Hey, I'm all for it, right? I'm all for it. But I don't like laying the points in any of those games.
1: Lions. I know Chris Wynn and Brian Velman are waiting for this one, Tom. Lions 42, Panthers 24. Goff, four touchdowns today. Montgomery another hundred yard game for him. The former Bear. And the Lions now 4-1 and on the season.
0: Tim, this was my other play today. You know that, right? Jared Mm -hmm. Goff is just a different animal when he's at home. And this Lions team generally is just a different animal when they're at home. Uh, Panthers gave him a little scare at a point in this game, I guess. I don't know. The Lions just kind of ran away with this. And they were doing this, by the way, without their number one receiver, without uh, their explosive running back. It was Montgomery all day long. The Montgomery... A uh, total for rushing attempts was 17 and a half. He got 19, um, but he had 11 by the half. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was just going to be Montgomery all day, but Goff was very impressive. Look, we could go back and look at that trade, can't we? And say Stafford, you traded Stafford for Goff. Everybody kind of chuckled it off. Uh, they wanted a Super Bowl. Stafford looked like he was the MVP. I- I'm saying it was a win-win for both. They got their Super Bowl. I think Detroit got their franchise quarterback, right? I mean, Jared Goff fits this system. He works really well. The Lions, what can you say about them other than just, just say they, they are for real? This is a 4-1 team that is not being compared in the likes of the Cowboys, who lost to Arizona and got blown out. They're not being compared to the likes of Philadelphia, who has not had a, a impressive win yet. They are not being, being compared to anybody. I think they're the best, second-best team in the NFC, Tim. I don't think they could compete with San Francisco quite yet, but they're the second-best team in the NFC, and I think that they showed it here. It's not only that you win. You have to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat. Beating the Panthers, okay, maybe it's no big deal, but how did they beat the Panthers? They beat the Panthers with a backup wide receiver squad with their number two running back out. I mean, they beat the Panthers without a complete team, and that really did impress me.
1: Early in the show, we had... The Chargers plus the three on an overreaction we had. uh, Who else did we have earlier, Tom? Overreaction from what we saw. The Dallas, uh, everyone's going to come back and think that Dallas is a fluke. Dallas, right. They're playing the Chargers. Um, Anyways, I'll think of it here in a second. Anyways, how about this one? Can we put Tampa Bay plus the three at home against Detroit next week on that parlay as well?
0: Mm. (laughs) Hmm. Detroit's away from the dome. Yeah, I just mentioned their home prowess, right? Uh, the problem is that Tampa Bay's offensive line is bad. And Hutchinson, you know, I'll tell you this. If the Sun God and Gibbs are out again, I'll be all over Tampa. But if they come back and they come back healthy, I don't think I could take them, and I think I'll be with the overreaction people and still liking the Lions. Oh.
1: Seattle was the other team, plus the three yes. against Cincinnati. Yeah. Atlanta three and two twenty one nineteen win over Houston. They win it on a coup field goal as time expires. That was a good back and forth game. I, if this is one of those games where you have nothing else to watch, you kind of tune into it. And actually, the fourth quarter was pretty exciting. The rest of it was it was tough to watch. But hey, that's what we expect. The Falcons three and two, all three wins at home, and the Texan love still coming in. Tom, they they battled yet again here today and should have probably won this game.
0: This is one of those games, Tim, that. You know, on the Red Zone channel, I was screaming at the screen like, "No one cares! Get away from this game!" <laughs> they just were obsessed with this game, and nobody cares. Look, the Texans, like you said, they—they're—they they're, probably should have won this game, and they didn't even cover. It was plus one, you know. So, um, they probably should have won this game. I like what the Texans are doing. It's—it's it's a good step up, but we do have to mention that Desmond Ritter, who everyone's been ripping apart, right? Three hundred twenty-nine yards. Desmond Ritter has still never lost a game as a college or pro at home. Ever. Ever. Okay, this is for a guy that they want to bench, and he's not a good quarterback. Falcons are 3-0 at home. Falcons are 3-2. Falcons are talking uh, a, a playoff berth. I think you have to start to take this team serious. I don't believe that Ritter's the answer. I don't think so at all. But he seems to kind of get it done. It seems kind of to be in a position where Desmond Ritter... Is the guy driving the bus that, uh, you know, is kind of driving himself, right? He's st- sitting behind the seat of a self-driving car. I mean, that's Desmond Ritter right now. But it's effectively working. I don't care that it was the Texans. This could have been a big-time hangover game coming back from London for the Atlanta Falcons, and it wasn't. They win at home. And you got to look at their schedule and just say, okay, you win at home, if you win all your games at home, can you, can you win one game on the road and maybe make yourself a playoff team? And that's all they have to do. They get, you know, the Bucks on the road. That's a winnable game. They get the Titans on the road. They get the Cardinals on the road. The Panthers on the road. The Bears on the road. They have winnable games. I'm not ready to say that this is a playoff team, but, Tim, starting to look a little bit like a playoff team. Yeah.
1: Home next week as well. So the Desmond Ritter undefeated streak on the line. You said it. They play the Skins. Just bombarded by the Bears Thursday night. Falcons three-point favorite, two three-point favorite at home.
0: They're going to be able to run the ball. You're going to be able to score on Washington. Um, This Falcons defense has been up and down. They have their moments of greatness, right? Jesse Bates has looked good at times. They have their moments of greatness. Give up a lot of yards today, uh, but most of those yards are through the air. I'm not sure if Howell's the guy that can take advantage of that. They like to run first, Washington. Falcons' run defense has been pretty stout. Um... I'm not going against the streak. I can't go against the Ritter streak.
1: Houston home against the Saints. Saints two and a half on
0: the road. Saints a massive win, right? Huge win. Here we go. Best team in the division. Everybody loving them. Their defense is fantastic. Derek Carr is there. Kamara's back. Thomas Olave. All the star talent on the road. They're only two point favorites. Against so the Lowly Texans? Rookie quarterback to You seeing what I'm seeing? No. Things that make you go, hmm.
1: Remember the
0: Music Factory?
1: Exactly. Exactly. And we'll end up week five tomorrow night here in Las Vegas. Packers, Raiders. Tom, the Raiders, two and a half point favorite.
0: I I think it's dangerous to bet against the Raiders at home. This isn't being an anti-Packer fan. Um, I like Luke Musgrave. I like Watson. I like Dobbs. I think they could do a lot through the air. They've shown no ability to run the ball this year. Even when Aaron Jones is healthy, AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones show no ability to run the ball. And Jordan Love looked bad. He's just he's just he just looks bad. If Jordan Love doesn't go out there tomorrow and throw for, by the way, his numbers are one and a half touchdowns at even money and uh, 241 yards. If he doesn't go out there and throw for 280 and three touchdowns tomorrow against this pathetic secondary, and that's what the Raiders secondary is, uh, Jordan Love is going to be in a lot of trouble. We know that they have one of the best lockdown corners and Jair Alexander is going to lock down uh, something. They have got, the Raiders have got to get Josh Jacobs running. So to me, this is going to be Jordan Love against Josh Jacobs. I, I have more faith in Josh Jacobs at home. I won't touch the game with your money, Tim. But I see everyone that I know on Green Bay. I'm leaning the biggest Raiders, man.
1: Yeah, I like the Raiders tomorrow, too. So, you know, they were joking when the Steelers were in town about how it was majority Steeler fans. Guess what? Tomorrow's going to be very Green Bay heavy in, that, in the Legion Bowl. There's going to be a lot of Green Bay fans out there, Tom. And say what you want about the whole, the whole situation, but... Um, it's not. It's not a Lambeau game, but it's going to be. It's going to be. It's going to be at least fifty-fifty. I think.
0: It's really weird. The West Coast teams allow this stadium to be completely and utterly taken over by the opposing fans. It's just something I've never experienced in my life. It will never happen for East Coast teams ever. But it's just so strange to be at home and to be the the kind of the the team that has to. Go, uh-oh! It's going to get loud in here when when we're on offense and it's your own home stadium.
1: I, I think the restrictions, right? Is there restrictions you can't sell them to? I, I don't know. How do they? How do they stop it?
0: Right, you you could do like Boston Yankees. Yeah, you, know? you see somebody in a Red Sox uniform or cheering too loud, you throw them overboard. I mean, <laughs> I'm not calling for violence at all. Maybe just, you know make it uncomfortable for them in their ear. You can, you know, <laughs> how about the guy in San Francisco, by the way, completely off topic, but it's good. You see the guy in San Francisco, that heckles from the stands, but he heckles in a funny yeah. way. Have you seen this guy? Yeah. 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 I, you know, how about that? Heckle like that. Right. You're the guy that uh, fries fish in the microwave. Right. It just, that's the only way to do it because <laughs> the, your stadium, it, it's the same thing as the chargers, right? You don't have a home stadium. It, it it just you just don't, and the Raiders travel well, and the Raiders are actually your home stadium is probably SoFi at this point, but you're right, it's going to be fifty fifty at least.
1: I think the problem is that the ticket prices are so high they price themselves out of uh, true Raider fans that would go to the games, and you know you're, they're getting bought up by t- um, fans that have dispensable money from from teams and they use it as a vacation right, right let's go to Vegas watch the game you
0: but know we'll splurge on tickets Tim, that, but it's the resale that's killing you yeah. you know that's what yeah. it is that, it, it's the resale that you know I, I mean I hate to go down this path but I'll go down this path and I'll be the bad guy your fans have to not sell the tickets to the opposing fans you know maybe you're going to take a hundred bucks less here or there but, but you have to sell it to the right fans. You have to know that. You can't sell it to the fan base. Yankee fans aren't selling you know, their Yankee playoff tickets to, to Red Sox fans. Just giving you an example. Right? It's just not mm-hmm. happening. They would rather eat the money at that point or give it to a friend. They're not doing it. It's team loyalty. And right now, the Vegas Golden Knights um, have a lot of that, right? You see that. You see that. That stadium is packed. They're not traveling. Well, that means the Raiders can do the same thing. Okay, If it's happening in one arena, it can happen in another arena. just takes a little bit more discipline, and it takes more fandom. It takes real fans to say, I'm not selling my tickets, I'm going to these games. Instead of, oh great, I'll buy them and resell them to anybody that comes around with the highest offer. Which is human right. nature, I get it, but it's not fandom.
1: And when you're not producing on the field, that also leads into, uh, I'm not going to that game, I'll just sell my tickets. It's, that's the thought on it.
0: Yeah, exactly or you sell it local.
1: Yeah. Or you have guys that bought the tickets just to resell them. And they know that certain, you know, out of the eight games you get, three or 4 of them we're going to be probably uh, top top tier games, right? So re- you get Raiders Steelers, you know you're going to be able to make more money on that game than that you spent that ticket for. You'll be able to make 25, 50% more and add you know you add those up two or three when the Chiefs come. Sell those tickets, right? Guess what? Now I made enough money to pay for my seats next year and we'll do it again.
0: Yeah, I, I knew a Giants fan and Giants tickets were red hot here. New York Giants tickets, right? I knew a Giants fan that had never seen a Giants Dallas game because there's so many Dallas Cowboy fans in New York. And he used to sell his his he used to have four tickets. He used to sell his four tickets to the Giants Dallas and make up his season ticket price for the rest of the year. So he said, I see seven games because I sell it to Dallas. <laughs> now, I, I, I'm not even saying that he's selling it to Dallas fans. It's just, just yeah. that was the hot ticket, Giants-Dallas, you know. Right, right. You just sell
1: it. Tom, I saved us some time. I think we'll, we'll end this with some baseball talk here on a Sunday night. What do you think?
0: I was hoping so.
1: All right. So we're four four series in now here in the I guess they would call this the the divisional series right. So uh, let's start with Houston and Minnesota Twins get a six two win tonight. Lopez has been just absolutely money here for the Twinkies in the first two rounds of the playoffs as he beat Valdez tonight. And now the Twins Astros will head to Minnesota. This series knotted up at one game apiece.
0: Yeah, Minnesota's that team that we were talking about, Tim, right? I mean, you know, everybody just kind of looks at them and they they kind of, uh, you know, look look and say, it's the same old Twins. No, it's not. They have a dynamic 1-2 in Lopez, which we saw tonight, and in um, in in Sonny Gray. I yeah. mean, we, we know that, right? And you start to really look at this Twins team and you go, I know that they don't have the greatest hitting and the most intimidating, but they certainly have intimidating starting pitching in the 1-2. And they certainly have a starting, a a closer that is as filthy as anybody in the league in Duran, right? They have rebuilt their bullpen to get to him late in the season since July. It's a rebuilt bullpen. So you don't need that necessarily intimidating guy. What they do have is they have the advantage here because now, all of a sudden, they have a game in hand and they still haven't used Sonny Gray. They still haven't used him. Who's going to finish second to to Garrett Cole in the Cy Young award race? I like this Twins team. We both uh, uh, said it on the air. We said, I think the Twins are going to be a dangerous team. I think Houston is flawed in their rotation after Verlander. I think Houston has a hard time to get to Presley. Now, they could outslug them, sure. But we know in the playoffs, usually pitching wins and pitching absolutely dominated tonight.
1: Gray will start Game 3 in Minnesota. If they win that game, Tom, it gives them a 2-1 lead with a game in hand with a chance to close out a best-of-five situation in this round. And by some chance, they don't win game four. You still have a game five to get back onto. And I get it. After Lopez and after Gray, it kind of drops off in, in who you're starting. But we all know, Tom, if it comes down to one game, anything can happen at that point.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you you turn around and you go, you got, you got Sonny Gray in that spot. Is there – honestly, outside of Garrett Cole, who's not in the playoffs, by the way, is there a playoff pitcher that you want more? Strider, Fail, yeah. Wheeler, and Nola—not exactly the same this year, right? I, the Burns didn't have the track record. We saw what Kershaw was. Is there a pitcher in baseball right now in the playoffs, even getting into the playoffs, that you would rather have that on the mound than Sonny Gray? I
1: mean, I mean, maybe the guy that won Game One, Verlander, but it'd be hard pressed to find another one, right?
0: Not this year. I'll take Sonny Gray.
1: I guess you're looking at Game Three. So Gray Javier is the matchup. I'm gonna assume game four would be Verlander in a elimination situation either way, right, Tom? Either they, they win with him to go on or they win with him to stay alive.
0: Yeah, and I think that they uh they, they have Verlander and then I think that they um bring back Lopez, right?
1: In game four? Yeah. Uh, yeah, one, two, yeah, three days.
0: Right? I don't know. And do they do, bring, do you bring back to close it out in that spot?
1: I think if you're, no, I think if, if they're losing, you do it. But if it's 2-1 their favor, I might save Lopez for game five and have a rematch with Valdez in Houston.
0: But wouldn't you be able to have Sonny Gray come back on short rest in game five? Yeah,
1: I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. I guess it just depends. You see so, what I'm yeah. saying? I, I yeah. think
0: you go, go get your bullets, man. And it yeah. would be Verlander against Lopez and then Sonny Gray in game five.
1: Oh, yeah, you do what you have to do to win. And we've seen it many, many times with starting pitchers coming in, uh, relief, closing game. You do what you have to do to win, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think if they're that close, they have to do it. They they can't not take a chance and have those guys uh, get them to somewhere where they haven't been in, what, 30 years? Is that right? They haven't been yeah. to ALCS in 30 years, so.
0: There's no way that you could turn around and say to tell your your fans, you know, we left Sonny Gray on the sidelines, like
1: right, right. This I I just figured out something, Tom. You know, we we're gonna we we're gonna head into this other AL matchup where my 101 win Orioles are now down zero two to Texas, losing both games at Camden Yards. I just found out via the text message that Chris Wynn has been betting on the Orioles. And that's the oh, problem no, that's right now. That's the problem. That's the problem, right?
0: It's the whole problem.
1: <laughs> Not, obviously, Texas, a hot team, and the Bats are going, and uh, they win a pitcher's matchup in game one. They win a slug out in game two. They're, they put the Orioles in a bad situation here. They're down 0 2, heading back to Arlington. Texas with a chance to close this one out on Tuesday. 11 8 win today, Tom. And it's just. What sucks about having a team in the playoffs In short series is Things can turn very quickly the other way
0: Yeah The concern with the Orioles Were that they were too young The concern with the Orioles was that They lost their dominating Absolute dominating uh, back-end reliever But the number Mm -hmm. one concern, Tim We talked about it Going into the season We talked about during their historic run During the season We talked about it over and over they don't have an ace. Right. When things are going bad, they don't have that guy. They don't have that Sonny Gray. They don't have that Justin Verlander. They don't have that Kevin Gaussman. They don't have that Garrett Cole. They don't have that Spencer Stride. They don't have that guy. And I think a lot of the team was, were hoping that Bradish was him. I think we all knew that he was more of a three. I think the team was secretly hoping Grayson Rodriguez was that. You know, the guy that was literally in the minor leagues in like July, right? It was too much to ask. I, I argued with you um, as much as we ever argued that sending Tyler Wells down was a bad idea because I thought he could be that stabilizing force. That he could be that ace. He just don't have that ace. There's no, well, don't worry. Tomorrow, there's no chance we're going to lose. And you know that mentality. If you've ever played or coached, I mean, I coached, you know what I mean, for the last six, seven years now, little kids, you know, eight, nine, ten years old. I know when the good pitcher's coming up. And I go, all right, we got a, we got a good shot today, right? Because we have him coming up. It's a different mentality. It doesn't mean we can't win other games. And I think that the Orioles know that, um, that they don't have that. I think that they know they, they don't have their, okay, you're not beating us because so-and-so is on the mound. And, and that starts to kind of wear on you. And I, I do believe that that got, look, the Rangers' bats are hot, of course. But I think that that got the best of them. The fact that they just don't have that shut-down guy. You look at a team like the Dodgers, and they're in a position right now where they're facing you know, a, a bad spot because they don't have their shutdown guy because their shutdown guy got, got just blown up, even with experienced teams. But the Dodgers can kind of settle this down. We've been here before. Don't worry about it. We're going to be okay. The Orioles have never been here before. They can't have that conversation.
1: Right, and I think I saw a lot of uh, people saying they choked. It's I don't even – it's not a choke when you're not winning. You're, they weren't winning these games. They were They were losing. Game one, you, you know, you brought up Brash. He pitched a hell of a game one. It's just they didn't get him the bats. Today, Rodriguez put him behind the eight ball so quickly. You're, you're playing from behind down five runs against a team like that. And 11-8 um, looks close, but they scored four, four runs in, in the ninth inning, right? Tell them five runs. So so it's, it wasn't even that close of a game. And, and you're right. And you look at the, the moves that they made. I thought maybe Jack Flaherty would be a guy that they could stick in the spot. He came in the bullpen today in a, in a blowout game and get, got rocked. Um, that, that was the big question was who's going to pitch in the playoffs. I don't even know who's going to pitch game three, Tom. That, that's, that's what it comes down to. So you hope you can steal one on Tuesday and bring Bradish back in four and, and squeeze out another win to go to game five. But do you feel comfortable putting Grayson Rodriguez in game five in an elimination matchup? after what happened tonight, it's it's tough. It's really tough when you don't have somebody to go to.
0: Yeah, and to me, it's uh, it's Grayson Rodriguez, but it's really, hey, we're going with a bullpen game.
1: Right. right. You, you bring in uh, Dean Kramer. I think Dean Kramer's going to start Game 3, right, Tommy? And I guess that's who they're going to go with. But you asked me if I felt comfortable with that, and it was like, hell no, I don't. It's Who are you going to put in? Kyle Gibson? Yeah, the guy won 14 games this year, but he had an area over five. It's not... They just don't have the guy. And John Means thought he was going to come back. He's, he's out for this series. so They just have issues. And th- you were thinking that the youth and the bats could propel them. Well, they ran into a veteran-laden Texas team, and that, that was the problem. And I remember when we announced the brackets, Tommy, I hated the matchup. I really did.
0: Yeah, you said that. Yep. said so this is not the team I wanted.
1: Two games tomorrow, Mr. Barton,
0: as we look at –
1: the National League side of it, games two, Phillies, Braves, three o'clock over on TBS, Zach Wheeler, Max Fried. Phillies lead this series one game to none.
0: Ah, oh, man, you know, I want to say that the Braves are going to find their bats tomorrow, right? I mean, you want to go out there and say a team that has, you know, just not been able to <laughs> be touched all year and not been shut out all year are finally going to find their bats tomorrow. Are they going to find their bats Tim? They have to, they have to find their bats. I mean, they just have to, but they go up against Zach Wheeler. He's been here before. He has dominated this team uh, over the course of not only this year, but, but recently he is in a really good spot and Philly is playing with the most confidence. Philly doesn't blink a- against Atlanta. Oh, it's Atlanta. No problem. We've seen you what? 18 times this year. It doesn't matter. They, right. they, they know them. They, this is the worst possible matchup for the Braves. I think everyone's going to jump on the Braves tomorrow. Um, I think that they do find their bats a little bit. I think that they can win this game, Tim. There's no way I'm laying 155 or 160 to, to, with this Braves team. And, and Phillies just too hot right now. They're too on fire right now.
1: It's almost the the Braves or the Orioles of the of the National League, right? You played the worst team you could possibly draw in in the, in the tournament, and um, I will say this about Atlanta: if they win tomorrow, tie this up. You have Veteran and Morton in game three, and then you go back to Strider in game four, Freed in game five. So it lines up. If they can win tomorrow, it lines them up well. And we'll see how Nola goes, right, Tommy, in this series now as well, looking in the future. So uh, this is yeah, probably the, hasn't the fun. No, he hasn't. But his last start, he was okay. And uh, this is probably the, the most fun of the four matchups to watch, I think.
0: Yeah, definitely. Absolutely.
1: Diamondbacks-Dodgers, Diamondbacks beat up Tommy's man Clayton Kershaw in the first inning in game number one on their way to 11 runs. They're up a game here in this one. It'll be Zach Gallen and Miller
0: for the Dodgers. Yeah, look, uh, I went on my rant last night. I think Clayton Kershaw is done. His career is pretty much finished. I am not defending him any longer. Um, I, I enjoyed what he was, but it's what he was, right? I mean, this is just... It is what it is. I don't know if he pitches again this postseason at all. I don't know if the Dodgers are done. They might be. But I will say this, okay? It's not just all Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, starting off like that was, was miserable. The Dodgers looked terrible. Mookie Betts, who people going out, you know what? Maybe you should steal the MVP from Acuna, looked awful. Freddie Freeman looked awful. But there's a reason for that, guys. They, they had a week off, right, Tim? I mean, they haven't played meaningful baseball in a while. All of a sudden, come the fifth 16, they started getting better bats to get at bats together. Now, everybody likes Zach Gallen. He's going to garner go Cy Young votes. I, I understand that this Dbacks team is fun. But before last game, they had shut down this Dbacks team in the last six games 30 to 9. Okay? And against Zach Gallen this year, LA has destroyed him. Against Zach Gallen, LA faced him twice. He only lasted 10 innings and two starts. In those 10 innings, he allowed 15 hits walked six batters, had an ERA of 9.9, and allowed four home runs the last time he saw this Dodgers team in five innings. I have no faith in Zach Allen tomorrow. I'm sorry. If there is a, a spot where the Dodgers offense just picks up this young kid Miller, this is the spot.
1: Looking at the Dodgers pitching staff, it gives me very much Baltimore vibes, doesn't it, Tom, that except for they had guys lined up this season that, that you that if we make the playoffs, we're going to have Bueller, we're going to have Urias, we're going to have Kershaw. You don't have that anymore, right? Bueller done with an elbow injury. Urias, piece of trash. It, it's, it's just the way the season, Goslin out for the season after uh, he's had a good two-year run. So their pitching staff just completely obliterated. And when you look at the team, even Lance Lynn, I don't know his availability. He's on bereavement leave, but that's your veteran guy that you can go to if you need to win a game. You can't you can't rely on Bobby Miller right now. You don't know what he's gonna do in the playoffs. He's young. Emmett Sheehan, is that, is that a guy you're gonna pitch in game four, Tom? I mean they have problems here. Whereas the the Diamondbacks, a win tomorrow, this series is over, man.
0: Yeah, I I have to agree. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to, but this is why I'm I'm saying, you know, you're up against Zach Gallon. You'll be going to Arizona. You have your pitching staff is in shambles. But, but Tim, I'll give you the other side of it. Because mm-hmm. while I do agree with that, I'm going to give you the other side to it. If you beat Zach Gallen tomorrow with with your rookie Bobby Miller, don't you go, hey, we're we could we're back in this thing. It's 1-1. We beat their race. No problem. And and then they have Brandon Pafat going in game three. We could beat that kid up. I mean... It, it swings both ways, doesn't it? I think that this is such, such, such a telling game.
1: Don't forget they have Mr. USA on that roster too, don't they?
0: Yeah. Is Merrill yeah. Kelly healthy? Yeah, yeah, he yeah, he looks good. Yeah, he, <laughs> he's, he's Mr. Here, USA, the shutdown guy. That's it. Mr.
1: Team USA's stud right there, Merrill Kelly. So uh, it's there. You know, a lot's going to be said in 24 hours. So definitely, um, that's what makes the baseball playoffs fun and. I don't know if you have something on the docket in Major League Baseball tomorrow with Tom Barton Sports. I don't know if you have NFL on the docket, but I do know you're winning. College, pro, doesn't matter. Tom Barton Sports just crushing through the NFL this season as well.
0: 6-0 and the last two Sundays, 12-5 and in the NFL on the season. Absolutely crushing it. TomBartonSports.com, guys. Everything that I'm giving away. I actually, if you want to follow me over on Twitter, at TomBartonSports, I gave away prop plays today, Tim. Okay? I gave away prop plays uh, earlier today. Swept the board. Roquan Smith over-tackles. Patrick Queen over-tackles. Zaire Franklin over-tackles. CJ Mosley over-tackles. Josh Reynolds over-receptions. Brees Hall over-attempts. Six and all of my prop plays that I gave out ten hours ago, right, before the games go off. Guys, I am absolutely on fire. This is the time you want to jump on board. It's TomBartonSports.com. TomBartonSports.com. You get every play, every sport, every level. You get your NHL Futures plays. I do have a play up on the board for tomorrow and you're going to get it all at TomBartonSports.com if you sign up tonight.
1: And remember everybody, we are not on the next three Saturdays so follow us over on X at HWSports at TomBartonSports. Every Saturday night we'll have our free plays loaded up on that social media platform as well. So, Tommy, until next Sunday night, have a great sports week, my man.
0: Have a good one, everybody.
1: We're Tom Barton, Tim Unglesby Angel. Like I said, have a great sports week. We'll talk to you Sunday night at 10 o'clock at T-Wave Sports, only on Fox Sports Radio Las Vegas. Good night. I dedication.
0: Never leave a moment wasted. We're chasing greatness. <laughs> I think it's kind of funny that they slept on me. Here's a couple things they should know about me. No plan B, just a one-way tour. This is what it takes That's the difference I've been waiting for this all my life It's my time I never hesitate I'll take down